right. Hello there and welcome to Hygiene Elevated Conversations and Innovations. We are super excited to have Claudia Walder today. And Claudia, I know not everybody is watching. They might just be listening, but I'm super jealous that you still have sunlight uh, where you're at in California. It is pitch black here in Utah and we're getting snow. So I'm kind of jealous for your sunshine. So (laughs) I'm so excited to have sunshine today because the last two days we've had pouring rain, like, oh, wow dark clouds and downpour. And then this afternoon when I was leaving work, the sun came out. So I'm just super excited. (laughs) Sunshine. It's so nice. It's so nice. Well, Claudia, let's jump right in. Um, I'm going to kind of just give you a little bit of uh, a floor here to discuss your, your background and give you an introduction. So what drew you to do dental hygiene? And then what was your driving factor to kind of diversify your career? Yeah, well, I love hygiene. I'm a people person and I'm a tactile person. Mm-hmm. Um, I started out actually, my first major was speech pathology. And okay. I knew that I liked the mouth communication. Um but I had a lot of friends that were shifting over into hygiene and I just love the idea of ha- being able to use my hands as well. And so that really drew me in that I could have a profession where pretty much within the hour, you could have results of like visible change in someone's oral health. And that really felt really rewarding to me. I, I agree with you on that. Um... There is something so incredibly rewarding. And Jackie, Jackie Sanders mentioned it at RDH Evolution. We have that instant one hour gratification cycle as hygienists. Like typically, you know, you have you begin the appointment and you have that hour if you're a people person to sit there and just enjoy your patient and chit chat and talk with them. And you've accomplished something and they almost always say thank you so much and it just is like a little hit of dopamine at the end of every appointment and so you get eight to 14 hits of dopamine a day so i'm with you on that one claudia i know it's like um one of those blessings but a curse at the same time because i could like do something around my house like maybe just the dishes and like did you see that i did the dishes like where's my thank you Go to work if you want to thank you. Yes. <laughs> it's it's hard when you're at home and you're such a, we are task oriented people. And yeah. so I love having these mental checklists of tasks that I've accomplished. And I just feel like that's my little personal like dopamine. And I'm just like, pat on the shoulder. I've accomplished all these tasks today. Oh, <laughs> and man. I didn't run over on time. <laughs> True. That is like the icing on the cake. Yeah. <laughs> so sh- share with us a little bit um, about your journey. Um, oh, I apologize. I think I, oh, no, no, no. Um, sorry. I was reading the question wrong. Um, so share with us a little bit about your journey as a hygienist. You did some speech pathology. You're a people person. Where did you start out with at and where are you at now? Sure. Um, So in making my transition to dental hygiene, I decided first to get my first bachelor's degree in religious studies. 
And I had thought about being pre-dent after like making my transition into the world. Um, I decided that I would have more patient time as a dental hygienist than I would as a dentist. And like I said, I'm a people person and establishing those relationships is what really drew me into hygiene as opposed to restorative dentistry. So I, I first finished my bachelor's degree in religious studies, and then I took a year out and I worked as an executive assistant for a European company. And even though it was down the street from my house, I was um, in this other culture with a lot of European people, and I love languages and traveling. When I was in my undergrad, I spent a year as a, a humanitarian student missionary worker in Kenya. And across the street from the university, there was um, a medical health dental clinic. And so I would help out in the clinic there, like helping to clean rooms and tables and clean instruments. And so I knew at that point that for sure, dental world would kind of be calling me. So I made my application and it took a little while of a transition for me. When I had come back and I made my application, I didn't realize that there was such a delay in having my uh, transcripts sent all the way from Kenya, East Africa. And so my transcripts were late at, attend at being um, by the final deadline over to Loma Linda. So I was devastated and heartbroken because I missed I missed my window for the following year to start in the fall. So I had to take a year out of school. And I took some classes uh, to keep up um, my student representation and having a good GPA. And I got work experience and was able to earn some money and save up for hygiene school. And so I started just as fast as I could into hygiene school. And my first year, within the first quarter, I was getting ready to take a quiz for head and neck anatomy. And I fell down a large flight of stairs in the hospital at the university, and I broke my ankle. And so I was really slow and was a little bit delayed in, in um, catching up because I had to take some time out and have physical therapy and have a little surgery and I was on crutches. So, but I hung tough and I kept going and persevering. And now my senior year came and I was all cleared from my doctor and I was excited for winter break of my senior year. And I decided to go snowboarding and I fell and I shattered my ankle this time. Oh. And I was devastated because I was told at that point that I could not be on clinic. I had a cast and a boot and because I could not have closed toed and I could not bear weight, that I could not be on clinic and see patients. Oh my gosh. So I was set back and devastated mentally, emotionally, financially, physically. physically, I was in a wheelchair. I had classmates wheel me around campus um, and I could take my book work classes 
but I couldn't be in radiology because I couldn't stand up and bear weight and take radiographs on patients. And I couldn't be on clinic and see patients and do profies because my toes were open and exposed. So I had to come back for a third year at fall quarter and take clinic and radiology and graduate with a new class who I got, I became friends with at the end of that year. Um, but it totally shifted my thought process and I really had to work and be faithful that this profession was for me. And so I, I had, you know, three chances where I was able to give up and call it quits and throw in a towel, but I'm not a quitter. And so, you know, I had to persevere. Once I was finished with school, I took boards and passed successfully and was able to start working. And um, when I started working, I worked for about nine months with a very good friend of our family. He was a dentist and we went to the same high school together. And we were roommates, housemates. So my boss and I were housemates and roommates. We carpooled to work and we worked together. And it was the best experience. He was a relatively young graduate too. And so we just really kind of mentored each other um, and grew and developed in dentistry. And we had a blast. And it was, they're probably some of my favorite memories of my early years in hygiene. Um, after about nine months or so there, that's when I made the choice. A girlfriend and I, we had always wanted to move overseas. And I moved to Switzerland and I practiced hygiene in Switzerland. And that was another eye-opening experience because, I mean, we could have a whole other podcast about working yes. in Switzerland and um, living abroad, how hygiene is different in Switzerland. Um, but it made me even a more type A personality hygienist than I was before, which was really good because it humbled me and it forced me to create balance um, in my life. So while I was there, I met this really nice Swiss guy and we started dating and I thought I was only going to be there for six months or so, but we started getting more serious. And so I stayed a bit longer and, um, and yeah, we decided to get married. And after a couple winters of really cold Swiss winters, I decided to tell my then boyfriend, listen, I love you, but I'm a California girl. And so <laughs> I think it's time that, you know, if we're going to get serious, you have to think, do you want to live in California? Because I'm ready to go home. And he said, yeah, I think I think I'll try it for a year. He said, one year and we'll see. He's like, but if I don't like it, do you think that you can live here permanently? And I said, okay, let's both give it a year and then we'll renegotiate these terms. How about that? <laughs> That's fair. That sounds fair. Yeah. And it's been 17 years and um, he loves California and I love California. So we're still here. Yay. <laughs> but while I was in Switzerland, I, um, 
attended as many conferences as I could because I didn't know that many people there, especially other dental professionals. So I really put myself out to network and um, yeah, meet, meet new people and learn about different products and kind of figure out how I'm going to work with a lot of patients that have heavy perio, they're heavy smokers, heavy coffee drinkers. And uh, in Switzerland, they charge by the minute. So you have a timer and you best believe you better remove all that coffee and tobacco stain within, within that hour, because that's, that's what they're dialed in on. So I had to think of ways aside from, um, you know, just scaling and root planing and polishing. And um, in Europe, they don't really talk about flossing. Mm -hmm. So I really had to think about, you know, building blocks from school and using proxy brushes. And um, yeah, I decided to start implementing using proxy brushes and doing some other CEs to learn more about interdental aids and how I can help my patients have better oral health. So that's kind of probably the jumping off board that helped me transition um, into other areas of dental hygiene. That's, I love that background. That's, uh, I don't think Europeans are known for their, their oral health. Yes. Not many of them anyway. <laughs> Um, so that it doesn't surprise me, but, oh, Switzerland, I would love to go to Switzerland. It's beautiful, especially this time of year and mm -hmm. the holidays just passed, but they have the most amazing Christmas markets. Oh. I mean, you just feel like you're in a little winter wonderland. Yeah. Beautiful. So where did you kind of springboard? You kind of left us where you were trying to get um, creative in helping your patients. Um, and it, how did that springboard you into where you're at now in um, your career? Yeah. So in attending and networking at all these different conferences and learning more about interdental brushes and proxy brushes, I became um, familiar with the group of people that were working with Tepe Oral Healthcare, which is the Swedish toothbrush company that make all those colorful proxy brushes. Mm -hmm. And so I went to this one convention and I was talking to this woman in my really bad high German and she kind of giggled at me and she said, what, what is your native language? And I said, English. And she's like, oh, okay, let's speak English. <laughs> and I said, oh, thank you. That's wonderful. So we started speaking English. And I told her that I was an American dental hygienist working in Switzerland and that I love the inner dental brushes that they had. So I think she kind of always kept my email in the back of her mind, like, oh, I know an American dental hygienist. So after about a year and a half, almost two years, I moved back to the States. My husband and I had been married for maybe two months, and I got an email from a random uh, person who works for Tepe in the USA. 
And she was like an office manager. And she said, oh, I was given your email address that you're a dental hygienist. I was curious if you are still living in Switzerland or if you're here in California now. Uh, we're looking to have an educator on board in Southern California. And we wondered if you would be interested. So I thought about it and I said, oh, I thought to myself, oh, Claudia, you know, you've, you don't have that much experience. You've only been a dental hygienist two years, you know. I don't know about you guys, but when I was a student and we would have speakers come in that were not clinicians anymore, they all kind of made it seem like these educational roles for, were for very, very experienced and seasoned dental hygienists. And you had to have like 20 or 30 years experience. And so I was a little intimidated and I thought, gosh, do I have enough knowledge? Do I have enough training, you know? So I was a little, you know, intimidated about the role, but my husband said, when someone, you know, looks you up and reaches out to you, you have to answer the call and, you know, put yourself out there and take that step forward. And so I did. And I mean, what a, what a dynamic blessing that turned out to be. They had a um, very seasoned, experienced dental hygienist who was from Sweden, and she was living here in the States, and she was working as a product um, professional educator. And she was my first mentor, my first mentor um, that was out of clinical realm. And I mean, I owe so much of who I am to her. She's just this amazing dynamic woman who was a veteran. She had been working, I would say at that time, already 25 or 30 years. And she was a single woman on her own, living in a foreign country and, um, you know, speaking at schools and universities to hygienists and, you know, sharing her knowledge and passion for dental hygiene. And she was so inspiring. And, you know, we were such two different types of people, but uh, I think we both really learned and uh, grew from one another and yeah, a friendship grew and it was just such a blessing and such an amazing opportunity. So I, yeah, I can't thank her enough for helping me kind of get my foot in the door in, um, in making a transition. I was still practicing part-time clinical hygiene um, and I worked in a general dental office during that time while I was working for Tepe. And I was so blessed. I was able to travel all over the world, attend dental conferences in Europe and here in the US and um, meet people and make connections in dentistry. And um, yeah, it was, it was a blessing. That was kind of my first um, big accomplishment that was outside of the op. Claudia, I love that story. I love how all the pieces just sort of fell into place. I love that you took a risk when you weren't sure. I loved hearing how supportive your husband is. Um, but So Claudia, the next thing I wanna ask you though, when it comes to speaking, what topics do you often cover in your speaking engagements? 
and um, tell us about why those topics are important to you. Yeah, I would say, obviously, with my background as a professional educator, most of my experience, working experience has been in educating for oral aids. I worked with Waterpik, I worked with Tepe, um, been an educator for Curadin, Curaprox, interdental brushes. Um, and so most of the topics are about oral health aids. And just recently, last year, I started incorporating um, the concept of motivational interviewing. And so I think getting people and motivational interviewing has been around for a long time for clinicians, psychiatrists, therapists, um, interviewing their patients. But it's, I think, a little bit newer in dentistry. And motivational interviewing is kind of like wrapping a bow around everything that we do in our clinic time with our patients. So we have our hand skills of what we're doing and providing, you know, periodontal therapy. And then we educate our patients in using different oral aids, whether it's a water pick or a proxy brush or a tongue scraper. But what I've found is that a lot of us are type A hygienists and we kind of tell people what to do, how to do it, um, how often to do it. Um, and I've been learning that in motivational interviewing, how we can direct our patients to look within themselves, to find those answers for themselves, to have them seek the reasons why they want to make improvements in their oral health. It's at that point that the patient will want to have changes in the betterment for their oral health. And so that's something that I think that at least I didn't learn in dental hygiene school. You know, I learned how to tell patients, I need you to floss after every meal. I need you to brush your teeth and use a modified pass technique. I learned all those things of how to tell someone what to do and, you know, be very vigilant in telling them what to do. But I didn't learn how to try to motivate someone within themselves to seek a change for themselves, because that's when you really see progress internally. And so it's kind of been my new subject to study and really kind of dive into and really kind of expose um, students into finding more information out about themselves. Because in school, you have two years of, uh, you know, hiking curriculum. And everyone thinks that when you graduate, you've got all these, you know, tools in your box and that you're just going to be this 100% proficient clinician. But it's really the day you graduate, how are you going to be educating yourself after? Mm -hmm. And how are we going to be helping our patients create changes within themselves? That's, yeah, that's kind of one of the exciting things that I get excited to talk about. Do you feel that being kind of a, an educator for interdental brushes, that there's some kickback within the hygiene community or the dental community in general for even deviating from floss as the gold standard? 
in the States, maybe a little bit um, over the years, you know, I would temp in offices and, you know, some dentist was just saying, oh, no, you just need to floss uh, and kind of disregard me bringing in. I would bring my own mm -hmm. samples of proxy brushes and interdental brushes Wow, to, to show patients because I would find that if I would go on a temp job, um, you never knew what you were going to find or not find, you know, in their cabinets mm -hmm. and their drawers. And so I would bring oftentimes my own instruments. I'd bring my own cordless polishing piece. Um, if I was going to be there, I'd bring sometimes my own syringe because I buy the petite lightweight ones. Um, people think, what is this lady bringing in her own stuff? Well, I want to be comfortable and I want to know that I'm going to give good quality care with comfortable, um, you know, instruments that I'm comfortable using. But yeah, I definitely felt over the years that some mostly dentists thought that it was just a little overboard using proxy brushes as opposed to floss. But now we're seeing the research, right? Like we're seeing you know, kind of Teflon getting stuck around implants and maybe flossing with floss isn't the best thing to use around implants anymore. So yeah, I think we're kind of evolving. <laughs> yeah, I think there always needs to be room to realize that, hey, you know, maybe what we learned in school isn't going to be right in five years with yes. research. And so having that mindset, you know, there, I don't want to say there's no absolutes, because that's not true. But, um, you know, there's always going to be improvements and changes within technology and implementation. So oh, I, I'm sure. with you on that. I'm with you on that. Like if a patient is never going to floss, but they'll use, you know, the little soft picks, the advanced soft picks. Hey, I love those. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love those for you. Like use something. Yep. You got to use it. So it's customization for a patient. Yep. Well, I, I was going to say too, like, it does the career dentistry. It, it's all evolving all the time. Like mm -hmm. just a few years ago, we had to learn about staging and grading. I didn't see that coming. That right. was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's true. Um, but my favorite like go-to product is like, if so, if uh, they're like, what should I be using? I'm like, whatever you like, what do you like best? Use exactly. that. <laughs> That's yeah. my go-to. What can you implement into your life? Like what right. is going to be easiest? And if it's technology, then yeah, let's talk water pick. If it's right. like you want a little bit more then yeah, interdental brush, something. So, right. Totally with you. I ask patients like, well, are you using something on a regular basis already right now? Mm -hmm. Is there something that you already have as an established habit right now? If you're using floss every day, hey, I'm not going to tell you not to use that. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, I have to tell, share this with you guys. So I just finished clinic and it's it's January 3rd. I'll say that because this is probably going to go out sometime next month. But um, I had a young kid come in today and I, and I asked him, Hey, have you been flossing? And he goes, yeah, I just started this month. And I'm like, it's the third. <laughs> what do you mean you just started? I got a good laugh at that. <laughs> just started this month. Take it right. You got to meet yeah. people where they're at. <laughs> All about those small victories. Yeah. Take the, the win. <laughs> no. 
Um, but Claudia, you rambled off a bunch of brands that you have worked with um, over the course of your career. I wanted to ask you, what piece of advice would you give a hygienist who's looking to gain that ambassador position? Yeah. Um, from the very beginning, as always, it's networking. You you have to create your own opportunities. You have to be seen and no one's going to know what your interests are, what your talents are, what your skills are if you're not networking. And networking can be whether it's going to your local society or local component uh, meeting. Networking can be going to RDH under one roof. <laughs> um, networking can be on a virtual webinar, but that you're dialoguing in the chat with whoever else is, you know, in the chat group. You know, sometimes it sees you hear people say like, oh, I, I can't afford to travel. I can't do this. There's a lot of people that have all the reasons why they can't. And a lot of them are legitimate. You know, you you live in the middle of the desert or you, you know, you just had a baby. But I mean, we're so fortunate now that we have these virtual events and you can still virtually network. LinkedIn is an amazing way to virtually network with people as well. And it's hard because especially you have to put yourself out there and you have to, you know, put, you know, hands, I was going to say, you know, pen to paper, but you know, you have to dialogue and, you know, type in a chat box and put yourself out there. But that's that's the only way that you make progress. And, you know, change equals opportunity. That's completely true. Um, taking those first steps, opening yourself up to vulnerable situations, safe vulnerable situations can open many, many doors and many opportunities that you wouldn't have thought even existed. So that's definitely something I've learned the last couple of years is just being open to those opportunities and getting outside of your comfort zone can lead to some just incredible things. Yeah. So I think that's something most hygienists that have taken that transition or that step out of clinic would all agree with is networking and being outside of that comfort zone. Yeah. And we actually see Claudia networking a lot we follow you. <laughs> you are so busy and i love that about you claudia that you like it just like radiates that hygiene is your passion and you are like in it for way more than a paycheck and um so as we are standing on the sidelines watching you be so busy and do all these cool things. I wanted to ask, you know, what habits do you have to help create balance in your life so that you're not overly stressed with all the traveling you're doing or give us some insight? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's easy to say work-life balance and some, some weeks it's work, 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 work. Um, and some days it's, you know, taking a time out. And during this Christmas break, I forced myself to try to not be as active on social media and not plan as much 
um, content. Um, and I took myself to a spa Yay. the other day and I got a massage and I got a manicure and I sat in the sauna and I just, mm -hmm. I tried to tune out and just, just relax. Um, try to make up and drinking as much water as I could for the days that I wasn't drinking enough water. But um, I try to meditate in the morning and I like to have my quiet time and prayer. And I like to take walks in nature in the morning. Um, I'm an early bird. I'm an early riser. Sometimes I'm up at 430 and it's just because I can't, I can't shut my mind off. So if I'm awake, I'm going to jump up and start making my lists. I make a lot of lists and I try to com compartmentalize um, my time where what is a what is a 20 minute activity if I only have 20 minutes? What's a 30 minute activity? What how many things can I accomplish in these 20 minutes or even 15 minutes? Um, and I'm always making little lists of things that I need to get done but I'll try to put them in. That's a 10 minute activity. That's a 15 minute or 20 or 30 minute activity. So that when I'm looking and I have like free time, oh, I can do X, Y, and Z in, these in this 15 minute interval. I can do X, Y, and Z in this hour interval. So I try to be very mindful of my workflows. And um, yeah, I'm married to a Swiss guy. So Swiss people are people who make clocks and manage time. So <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty good with my time management. <laughs> That's a critical skill, uh, yeah. especially in dental hygiene. Yeah. Very critical skill. But I tell you in my operatory, I'm still that dental hygienist who is like, I've got two minutes to spare before I know I have to go get my doc to come and get my exam. So <laughs> I'm going to be talking, educating my patients as long as that I can in my, in my chair time. <laughs> That's why you're a good hygienist. <laughs> so what advice do you have for hygienists or individuals just looking to diversify their careers within the dental field? Yeah. Um, this year, after I came back from RDH under one roof, I told myself that it's time for you, Claudia, to go back to school and add some other skills to your, to your resume. And so I did. I decided to enroll at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte, and I just completed a um, advanced certificate in um, digital marketing and analytics. And so my recommendation, if you're looking to transition to a business corporate kind of uh, realm or even in public health, um, reaching out to the different, you know, your local universities or universities that are online and saying, hey, if I wanna go into public health, what can I do, what kind of, um, certificates, you don't necessarily have to like jump into and commit yourself to a master's program. Take a, take a seminar, start out, start out small. There's a lot of classes that are like on professional LinkedIn. Um, 
and other Google classes online, you know, if you're interested in maybe shifting into analytics, there's a lot of different dental companies that need analysts, not just like insurance wise, but the possibilities are endless. And so a lot of us, I think, get caught up that we have to have something that's a master's in dental hygiene or a master's in public health. And that's not necessarily the case, but thinking like what inside of you, what attributes do you have? Are you a really good accountant? Are you really good at your numbers? You know, um, looking at those elements in yourself and really, really being true to yourself and analyzing what's at the depth, what's underneath that iceberg of yourself that is really unique to you. Um, and even if it sounds crazy, you know, like, I'm good at quilting or whatever. You never know creating special dental quilts for people or I'm just saying random craft stuff, but you know, we all have skills. Mm -hmm. And so just really doing a good self-assessment I think is really, really important. Joffrey, I feel like she just spoke to your soul with accounting <laughs> and numbers. Oh, I love the numbers. I, oh, I'm the numbers girl. <laughs> it's Amanda's least favorite, which is why we're a good duo. <laughs> the one, let me say this. The one thing I do absolutely hate about Utah, the streets are all numbers in every direction. And it's so annoying. Oh it's my so God. annoying. It's simple. No, it makes no sense. <laughs> you don't go first street, second street, third street. They do it by hundreds. But then they don't say like 57,000. They say 57 South. And you're just supposed to know where 57 South is. <laughs> I hate it so much. And everybody, anytime I say I don't get it, they're like, it's so simple. I'm like, I understand where it starts. It's the number. I'm not going to remember it. Anyway, <laughs> not how my brain works. And yeah. I, I hate it so much. So. I know. I literally sat down with one of the hygienists I work with and we're, we're discussing our goals for the year. And so I'm like, okay, how much do you want to produce this year? How much am I going to produce? What does that look like a month? What does that look like a day? And we like ironed the whole thing out on what we want for the hygiene department. And I was having a blast. I thought it was such a fun topic. <laughs> I would have glazed over. I'm like, I understand the importance. I just hate this so much. <laughs> I loved it. It was so great. That's great. We need people like that, right? We need Yes. Yes, we do. We do. Allegedly. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm wondering how that other hygienist felt. <laughs> Yeah, reach out to your non-number oriented coworkers. They're not fine after numbers meetings. <laughs> They're hating life. <laughs> numbers are good to me. I have a harder time um like translating that all into statistics. So that's where I find that I struggle a little bit more, but I I have a better way of understanding if I see graphs and charts. Yes. Um, rather than just like the numerical percentages. So I like numbers if I can put it into pictures. <laughs> I, yes, that I can, I can, I love to sit and look at graphs 
yeah any form that i can do yeah the visual <laughs> the visual, <laughs> the visual yeah. like ugh. yeah we use our company uses um domo and that gives us like more statistics and more numbers than i could ever want to look at <laughs> but a lot of numbers so we get a lot of feedback on that so it's good anyway but going back to what you were talking about in our last <laughs> previous conversation before numbers started going, um, I I love where you were going with the the inspiration, not just thinking, oh, I need a master's to move on or advance my career, um, looking into those creative ways and some of the free certificates or starting with the seminars, not just kind of going down that traditional route of um, a master's in, in dental hygiene. Um, but thinking about those other things, I, I've I'm been a hygienist 15 years and the longer I've been in it and I look back on, you know, doing my prerequisites, I really wish I would have minored in business. I never would have thought the two would have ever coincided, but I really wish I would have done some business classes at the least. Yeah. So I, I love that advice of taking some classes or talking to somebody at an online university to see what those options are. It's it is not traditional and you never know what people are looking for. So I, I love that. Right. You know, we we get caught up oftentimes just being so focused, laser focused in our field of dental hygiene mm -hmm. that um, it's important to reach out to other areas, you know, business, communication, you know, marketing, uh, accounting, in all those areas, you come across people who really have respect and value for your technical knowledge, your science knowledge, your interpersonal skills and knowledge. And you never know who can come and really enlighten a path for you, you know, from their different uh, field of field of study as well. And so yeah, just I, I love the opportunities of, you know, really kind of just being brave and putting yourself out there and opening yourself up to new experiences and other other areas of um, of, of working experiences. Yeah. OK, um, let's move on to another section, another idea. So who or what inspires you in your work? I mean, in clinic, it's my patients. Um, they always are inspiring and motivating me. And I, I love to be caught by surprise by a patient, especially who you think might be a little bit apprehensive or scared. And then um, creating a safe environment for them to allow themselves to get comfortable and feel vulnerable to you. Mm -hmm. And when they trust you to give them, you know, that good clinical experience and then really create a relationship and have them continue to build that trust in you. And I think that's what inspires me to, to continue to still practice and create those relationships with patients. Yeah. Do you have like a specific story that you remember that really kind of resonates and carries you through to this day? 
You know, I have a story, an experience that happened to me while I was a student. Um, as I said, I always love doing humanitarian work and mission work um, with dental hygiene. And my senior year, I went with a group of dental hygiene and dental students, and we went down to Central America, and um, we were in the jungles of Guatemala. And there had been an announcement within the community that there was going to be these American dental healthcare workers coming. And so the day before, you guys are going to learn about my Achilles heel, literally. The day before that we're supposed to be going to, um, it was like an open school that was being built and it was just a foundation. So the day before that we're getting ready to go and set everything up, I woke up that morning with a spider bite on the same ankle that I had broken twice. Oh, no. And my ankle swelled up like a huge baseball. Oh, my gosh. So that first day, I wasn't able to walk to go to set up this clinic. And I was really bummed. And. I was left by myself and we were in the attic of a hospital and there's no windows. There's just bars. I mean, you hear monkeys in the trees and you're in nature. Yeah. And, um, and I was so disappointed that I wasn't able to be that first day. Following day, I went and hobbled my way over there. My foot was getting smaller. And there was this young man who I had seen in line. And people were walking from the village like miles, hours and hours to come and have treatment done. And so mid-afternoon before lunch, and I'm feeling kind of tired and hungry and we're sweating because it's hot. But this young man came and I did the best kind of deep cleaning on him that I could, given the circumstances. And we had people that were kind of just orchestrating, kind of getting the people out from treatment and moving them along so that we could continue to see more people. Well, the young man, he waited all afternoon for me to finish. And he brought me these um, like sweet bread rolls as a way to say thank you for the treatment that I did on him. So I was so blessed and he was just the nicest guy and he asked to have a photo with me and I said sure of course and there went that day right we're so tired the next day comes around and this someone had told me that he had probably walked about six hours to come and get in line for treatment this guy he comes with a little cousin the next day waiting in line again not just waiting in line for anybody to treat him, but to ask that I could treat his little cousin and that he brought him all the way down to the village. I was, I was in such shock. I was just a student, you know? So I did the treatment on the cousin and the, the guy, he waited there for his cousin to have treatment done. And now the next time, the cousin's mother comes uh, the same day, but she brought a bunch of food for the rest of us 
And she told her friends about the event that was going on that we were doing dental work. And so these people waited and waited hours just to have treatment done and were so thankful. And the fact that they walked with these broken flip-flops, um, their feet had blisters. I, I couldn't imagine. I was just, I was in such shock and that they would bring their extended family and that they would wait hours just to say thank you and bring you a, a gift of thanks of food, breads and ask to take pictures. I, I think that's probably the most heartfelt like sense of appreciation that I have ever experienced. Oh, that's a phenomenal story. I think Joffrey's and, crying right now. I know. Nobody makes me cry on the podcast yet, but I, I know. know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just think, you know, what a blessing. We take mm -hmm. so much for granted here. Yeah. And, you know, the access, the availability and access to care. I wish in another life, if I, you know, didn't have to worry ever about my finances, I think I would full-time create humanitarian aid efforts to have free dentistry, you know, in underserved communities. Yeah. Because that's, boy, is it better to give than to receive. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That I I don't know what I was expecting your answer to be to that story of inspiration, but it wasn't that. And I think you just pulled all of our heartstrings <laughs> from missions work because it is it, it you said it right. It's so much better to give than to receive. And if you've ever had an opportunity to go and serve someone else, it, it's it's the most fulfilling thing. It ever. really, it really is. And there's been times I'm sure all of us have experienced burnout, hygiene, fatigue, whatever you want to call it, wondering, questioning, like, why are we still in this? What are we still doing? But if you give of yourself, you just, you don't know how, how blessed you are tenfold at, you know, we have such a valuable skill to give mm -hmm. to the public and I know I've been guilty of taking it for granted sometimes when I want to hurry up and have my last patient cancel and go home early at the end of the day. <laughs> but we're, it's truly a blessing to be in this profession. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. If you're at that point of you just feel burned out or fatigued or just disconnected from what we do as providers that might be a good time to do a, a medical missions trip yep. and, and get some perspective on, on what you do. So yep. with that, Claudia, um, what goals and projects do you have set up for 2024? Yeah. Um, well, you, Ladies will be the first to hear. Woo. I'm excited to say I've got a lot of things lined up this year, but I have just recently accepted a new position with PacDent, and I am their new product brand manager at PacDent here in Brea, California. 
Nice. Congratulations. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm really excited. Uh, it's been my first uh, couple days here with Pack Dent. And um, I just, I'm, I can't be happier. It's just, it's an amazing company with amazing products. And mm -hmm. they saw something in me. Um, and I'm just, I'm tickled pink and I'm just beside myself. Um, so surprised to think that they have that much confidence in me to be their, their new product manager for the hygiene card for their hygiene line. That's so awesome. That's so, so happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's the big news that I have for 2024, yeah. but I have a couple other exciting things lined up on the horizon. Yes. I'm, um, I'm a new brand ambassador for uh, PDT. They're my favorite dental instruments. So I, I can't be more proud and excited to uh, support and be affiliated with PDT in their instruments. And I was just asked, um, from Cloud Dentistry. I will be collaborating with my wonderful, amazing friend, Kevin Lopez, who's Kev Talks Teeth. Oh, yes. And Kevin and I are going to be writing a course for Cloud Dentistry, a CE, on microscopes in dentistry, microscopes oh, specifically wow. for dental hygiene. Yes. So we're super excited to get that going this year. Um, We've already been connected with some different um, dentists that have microscopes in their office. And we've been speaking with other dentists and hygienists in Japan. And hygienists are using microscopes on the regular in Japan. It, it's amazing. There, there is so much on the horizon for dental hygiene and where we're going and um, I'm excited. I'm super excited. That's a, that's going to be a very awesome year for you and so many great opportunities. It's that's exciting. That's truly inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Claudia, I am so excited for you this year. So yeah. many good things. And for, for um, the hygienists like listening, I, I just want to point out how it's not like just one company you are affiliated with many so it's kind of like you get out there you meet people you start working with one and then all of a sudden you it just keeps like it's just snowballing like oh yeah um so I just wanted to point out like it's it, it's not one it's many opportunities that are out there yeah I just <clears throat> this this last year in 2023, a lot of things just kind of started clicking and meeting other companies and um, just growing from there and making myself available and pushing myself to do more and deciding that it's time to push myself out of my comfort zone. I've always been a little bit apprehensive, but you take on one opportunity and you get a little more conditioned and stronger, and then you can um, you can embrace another opportunity and grow from there. And it it really only makes you stronger. So I encourage people who are interested in diversifying 
their career just to, you got to give it a chance. You, you know, you start with one thing and, you know, you grow from there. It didn't, it doesn't happen overnight. I have to say this, this is a special year for me because I'm celebrating. This is going to be my 20th year as a registered dental hygienist. Congratulations. Thank you. So, you know, you have to put one foot in front of the other and um, just embrace any opportunity that comes your way. And you don't always have to wait for an opportunity. You kind of just make your own, make your own opportunities. I mean, I've learned that from you ladies, creating your own opportunities. That's being very brave, being very strong in leadership and it's contagious. And so I'm thankful for ladies like you who've inspired me to put my best foot forward and try to create my own opportunities. Well, Claudia, that is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. You. Um, you are such an inspiration. Like yes. all of everyone is listening that you've been doing this for 20 years and the passion just radiates off of you. And you. I want that for all the hygienists to yes. feel that passionate 20 years into their careers. I hope I still have that passion <laughs> when I hit my 20 year mark. Um, so Claudia, though, I, Amanda and I have some signature sign off questions. And mm -hmm. so I'll ask first, what do you wish you would have learned in school that took you years to learn in practice? Wow. There's a lot of things. Um, I think the one thing is listening to your gut and the having a home is important, a dental home. Obviously, we all need to pay bills and live, but sometimes a job where you feel respected and appreciated, even though it might pay a little bit less, is a better and healthier working environment than the job who might pay five bucks more an hour. It's not always worth the the stress. Yeah. And I think I would, I think I should have listened to my gut sometimes and some experiences and you know, I always like to try to make the best of a situation and think that I'm going to um, be the Pollyanna of the office and get everyone to <laughs> play the glad game. Not everybody wants to jump on that train, right? So listening to your gut when it's maybe not the best environment for you to be in. Yeah. Um, just trusting your instincts. I I wish I would have been in tune and learned that when I was a student. Yeah, I, I can resonate with that. Just, I think as a student fresh in clinic, you don't know your value, you're still learning things and it's hard to know what is normal. Yeah. Because you don't know yet. And so you might stay put in a situation because you get comfortable there. Right. And so you don't, make that jump of like, nope, this is not right. This is because yeah. you don't know. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Second question, final question. What piece of advice do you wish you could go back and give yourself as a new graduate? 
I would say don't worry about every little piece of calculus. <laughs> true. So true. <laughs> um, create, create a warm environment and then you'll have those patients come back to see you and then you can keep, you know, striving to get all the calculus off. And I think for so long I struggled at having to feel that, did I really get every little piece of calculus? Did I get those roots? Back in my day, we still had the expression, you want those roots smooth like glass. Yeah. Um, that's not always feasible. <laughs> Give yourself room embrace yourself for the accomplishments that you had and try not to beat yourself up. Love yourself the way you would love your patients. Beautifully said, Claudia. Just <laughs> every, every person on the podcast has had such empowering responses to those questions and yeah. we never get a repeat. So those were the first Ooh. time hearing that. And it was great advice, by the way. Absolutely. Claudia, thank you so much for joining Amanda and I on the Hygiene Elevated podcast. 